0: Well, good morning. How y'all doing? Fantastic. All right. Awesome. Uh, My name is Chris, and we're in the middle of a teaching series on Inc. uh, where we're talking about tattoos. Now, if you missed last week, I know some of you, you you may have kind of like grown up and maybe a different time, different space, different other time, and like talking about tattoos in churches just seems a little weird, Um, but I will encourage you, um, we are doing this in such a way so that it's biblical, so I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to the podcast or watch last week, it's going to be really fun, this series, and really the entire premise of this series is the ink that we allow to permeate our thinking will affect who we become. Um, And it's this idea that many times that many of us, we live with tattoos, we live with labels that's placed upon us, maybe somebody that said something to us, something that was done to us, and we have a tendency to look at ourselves through these lies, and this is very interesting, a lie, even though it is a lie, if we believe it to be true, it will affect us like it's true. It totally will. So, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you used to believe something about yourself. Maybe it's something, a, a lie that somebody told you that you were no good, that you were worthless, whatever. And because you believe that about yourself, that's what you became. In fact, in, in psychology, it's called a self fulfilling prophecy. But it's this idea that all of us have been tattooed, all of us have been inked, whether or not you have it on your skin or not, it's an impression, an imprint on our souls of something that was said to us or done to us. And one of the things that we're wanting to do in this series is we want to see how God sees us. Because we have the tendency, we all know how we see ourselves, right? I mean, you all got mirrors at home. Right? And nobody likes looking in the mirror, but you're like, yeah, I changed this, I changed that, I wish that wasn't there. I wish this was, you know, six inches this way, whatever it is. All right. But the point is we all have this tendency of seeing ourselves, but let's strip away how we see ourselves. Let's even strip away how other people see ourselves. And really, the one thing, the one person that matters is how God sees us. So this entire series, we're talking about our identity. Our identity. And um, one of the things I, I know nothing about tattoos, right? I will tell you, I've been um, I've been debating about getting a tattoo because I've always wanted one. I don't know if I can handle the pain, and I always always said I was always been told that if you don't think you can handle the pain then you're probably not the person to get a tattoo in to begin with. So I don't know, but I, I, I got this great idea, bless you. And, um, uh, but I'm trying to learn all about tattoo culture, and it's been very, very helpful because we have a lot of people in our church who have, who have been inked. In fact, we have some people who own some tattoo shops here. Uh, so that's always very helpful. And one of the things I learned in tattoo culture is something called a scratcher. Something called a scratcher. Now, let me kind of explain what that is. A scratcher is somebody who's an unapprenticed, unskilled tattoo artist. In fact, using the word artist with a scratcher is really kind of a stretch because they really don't know what they're doing and uh, because they just kind of scratch stuff onto people. And uh, many times people will go to scratchers uh, if they're in prison. You know, somebody does, uh, some people do the prison tattoos. Or if you're wanting uh, a tattoo really, really cheap. Um, they will go and they will find somebody who's unskilled, untrained, and that don't have all the, uh, the hygienic uh, properties of the needles and all this stuff. And people can get really hurt that way. People can be marred. In fact, Selah uh, Jerry uh, said it this way. He's a famous tattoo artist. He says, good work ain't cheap, and cheap work ain't good. And he's right. I mean, if tattooing, if getting inked is permanent, then why not get the best artist? Why do we settle for scratchers? And really, the thing that I want to talk about today is the biggest scratcher that many of us have in our lives is a person that the Bible calls the devil. Now, I know some of you, if you're you're new to church and you're like, really, a devil? You know, like with the horns and the pitchfork? That's not quite how he looks. In fact, the Bible says that he is an angel of light. Um, uh, He doesn't have the whole, you know, the devil and the angel on either side. He doesn't look that way. But the devil, the original scratcher, scratches on our souls, our identities, false things that, again, even though they're lies, if we believe them long enough, they can have truth in ourselves. And one of the things that we're wanting to do in this series is we want to peel those things off. We want to peel off the lies that the original scratcher, the devil, has put on us, and not just cover them up. Many times, that's what people do, right? I mean, you got something and something hurt. somebody's hurt you, you just have a tendency to cover it up. And you really don't ever deal with it. You don't ever really talk about it. And in fact, in our culture, going to see a counselor, uh, many of you have done that. And I think that's the healthiest thing. I've went to go see counselors before. But so many times, I don't know what it is. But there's a stigma about actually talking to a counselor. But it's when we're actually able to talk to a counselor that we stop trying to cover up the mess in our lives and actually deal with the things that people have marked us. And we just say, you know what? We're okay. I'm fine. But we're not okay. And we're not fine. Because we're hurting inside. Because we refuse to talk about it. And inside, we are marked and branded, if you will, by these painful memories and painful words. And although the master keeps, we're the master at keeping them hidden, God wants to say, you know what, let's don't hide them anymore. Let's get re-inked. Let's get rebranded. Let me tattoo you and let me show you who you really are. And last week, we looked at the very first thing that God wants us, how he wants us to see ourselves, is that we are adopted. We are adopted, that we are chosen. And we looked at Ephesians uh, chapter 1. So I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 again. And I want to kind of read for you what we talked about last week, and then we'll move ahead. This is in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It's not going to be on the screens. It says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. That's the word we talked about last week. He chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us. Everybody say adopt. Adopt us into his own family. How? By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. That's what we looked at last week. Today, we're gonna to be looking at another word that starts with an A, and it's the word accepted. That God has accepted us, that God has accepted us. Before we land on our main scripture today, let me show you a verse in Proverbs 27.3, because all of us, we have been indelibly inked On our souls and it says this in Proverbs 27 3 for as a person thinks of himself so he is for as a person thinks of himself so he is your self-concept the way you see yourself is determined by what you base your identity on and we 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 can't base our identity on what we do or how much we make or how pretty our guy is or how pretty our girl is or about what type of car we drive We can base our identity on the degrees or, um, again, your W-2s. All of that stuff can define us. But all of that stuff really doesn't give us meaning and purpose in life. It's only God who can do that. So Romans 12.3, Paul says it this way. "The The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us. I like that verse, that the only way that you and I can really understand who we are is if we understand who God is, because God is our creator, God is our maker, and if we understand who he is, then we can understand who we are in relation to him, and that's the whole reason why we read the Bible, it's the whole reason why we come to church, is because we want to see who God is, and if we can figure out who God is, then we can figure out who we are. The goal of this teaching series is simply this. I want you to see yourself the way God sees you. Psychological problems and neuroses happen when we choose to base who we are on anything except by what God sees us. So we all have a decision to make. What ink are you going to trust? Who are you going to allow to ink your souls? Is it going to be God? Is it going to be people? Is it going to be stuff? Here's our big idea today. Says this, the voices you listen to will determine how you see yourself. The voices you listen to will determine how you see yourself. Just leave that up there for a sec. It's why it's so important we got to be careful of the voices we allow around us, right? We have to be careful because the people we hang out with will determine who we are and who we will become. Now, if you are a parent of a teenager, you've been saying this till you're blue in the face to your teen, right? I have a 15-year-old, right? And, and it's this thing, I want my son to be light. I want my son to make a difference in this world. In fact, uh, um, a couple of days, uh, actually it was a couple of weeks ago, I think it was last week actually, he ended up bringing three or four friends to church and none of them go to church. And I'm so excited about that. So there's that tension, but on the other side, I'm like, I really want you to be careful who you spend time with as well. And there's a tension there because I want him to be able to make a difference in other people's lives, but I also want him to be careful because the voices voices he will listen to will determine how he sees himself and eventually will determine how he sees God. Now, let's look at the it really two words. I've already given you the first one, accepted. But let's look at two words today, uh, and then we're going to be done. Uh, th- these two words are found in Second Corinthians chapter five, and I love this verse. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen, and it's talking about once we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, how God sees us. Again, that's the whole point of this series: is how does God see us? This is what it says in Second Corinthians chapter five. Verse 17, and this first word is the word new. I like this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, that means is somebody who has a relationship with Christ, someone who isn't trusting in what they're doing or even in religion, someone who's trusting in Jesus. So let's define that, all right? So anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? New person. The old life is gone, help me out church, the new life has begun. Now many of us, when we think of Christianity, when we think of religion, we think of it kind of like an upgrade. How many of y'all have ever gotten like an upgrade on a computer? Anyone? Upgrade on an operating system, alright? You get an upgrade, and really what an upgrade is this, an upgrade is like a, a version 2.0 of the same thing. Some people look at the relationship with Jesus, and they're like, you know what, that's cool. You know, I have a relationship with Jesus, and maybe he can make my old life better. A lot of people see God this way. He comes alongside you to make the life that you're living just a little bit better. A lot of people see when, when, they come, when Jesus comes to your life, it's kind of like an upgrade. I mean, think of it like this extreme makeover. Anybody ever watch extreme makeover besides me? My wife, she, she's not here, so I'm safe. And you better not leak any of this stuff. My wife watches the craziest stuff, all right? She watches Lifetime television. I'm a man, all right? I don't enjoy that, right? And I, just, I don't know what it is, but she'll watch this in and, and, and extreme makeover. And, you know, and that's where you know, they, 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 somebody who, who's just struggling, you know, wearing sweatpants. By the way, if I wasn't the pastor of this church, I would never be out of sweatpants. So I probably need to be on extreme makeover. I'm just saying. Anyway, so people weren't, I mean, just, I mean, they, they're in desperate need of a makeover. So what they'll do is uh, their friends and family will nominate them and say, hey, this person really needs some help, right? And then they'll get on TV and they'll embarrass them and they'll, you know, is this, really, you wear this, Right. Right, they would probably hold up my Crocs. Really, you wear these fuzzy Crocs? Yes, I do. Right, and they'll throw them away in the trash can, and they'll throw all of my Hawaiian shirts away or whatever. Right, and they'll say you need a makeover, and I'm like, you need to get out of my face. Right, anyway. So, um, but then you know they'll take you and they'll take you to New York City, and you know you shop and you drop. And, and for some of you ladies, that's awesome. For some of you guys, that's hell. You know, I don't know. Right. But you go and you shop and you do all this stuff and then, you know, they cut your hair, they put makeup on you, they show you how to do your makeup if you're a guy. Um, it's, just, it's just strange, right? And then at the end, they show you how to cover up your flaws and you got a big old head and, you know, if you, okay, if you put your hair this way, everything's going and it's, to, and it's just, it's an upgrade. You're still the same person, right? You just look a little bit better. But let me tell you, that's not what Jesus is saying at all here. Jesus isn't talking about just being a little bit better. Jesus isn't even talking about an upgrade or a version 2.0 of morality. Jesus is saying you are a new person. You're new. You're totally different. There's a whole different course, a whole different direction of your life. There's a whole different way of how you view things. You have a whole different vocabulary. You have a whole different outlook. Jesus is, he, he, God did not say, I didn't come just to make your old life better. I came to give you a new life that will be more than you ever dreamed or imagined. I like that. I came so that I can make you new. And some of you, you've, brought, you've bought into the whole religious lie that being a Christian is just an upgrade. And it's just saying your prayers or rubbing beads or going to a different church. And you've upgraded your Friday night drunk fest for Sunday morning church. And you're like, this is kind of a bummer, right? Because you're viewing it as an upgrade. And it's not an upgrade. It's not a version 2.0. God doesn't want to make your old life better. He wants to recreate you new from the inside out. In fact, I'm going to keep on reading. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? A new person. The old life is gone, a New life has begun, a new life. Your old life, if your old life isn't over, if you feel like Christianity is just an upgrade, then you're not a Christian. You think you're someone that you're really not. Having a relationship with Jesus means that the old is past. How many people have you heard say this? If I could just, I just wish I could start over. I remember um, the old movie City Slickers. Y'all remember that one? With Billy Crystal, and I liked it. And Jack Palance, I think he's dead now. Um, but uh, and Bruno Kirby, I believe it is. I almost said Bruno Mars. He wasn't in there. So, but uh, Bruno Kirby and uh, Billy Crystal. And th- there's this guy in there, uh, the, the skinny dude. Uh, he, he just got a divorce, and he's in this tent, and he's sobbing. And he says, my life is over. My wife hates me. My kids hate me. And Billy Crystal says, you remember when we were kids and we would throw the ball out of bounds and we would just say, you know, it's a do-over. He said, your life can be a do-over. And just as Billy Crystal said that to that guy, your Heavenly Father is telling you and I this morning, you can have a do-over. Because our God is the God of a second chance, and a third chance, and a fourth chance, and a fifth chance. And if you feel like you keep on screwing up, screwing up, screwing up, God is here to tell you, you can have something new. In fact, it's Lamentations 3.23 says this, that his mercies are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. Every morning. I like that. How many of y'all screwed up yesterday yesterday? That should be everybody. If you're a guy, you definitely need to raise your hand, all right? Especially if your wife's here. But even if you're a lady, we love you ladies, but you screwed up too. Guys, anybody want to agree? Come on now. So don't say amen too big, Eric. I'm just saying, all right? All of us are mess-ups. We've all screwed up yesterday. Today is a new day. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness so god is saying you are new let me also show you the next word i've already shared this one with you it's the word accepted accepted the second word is accepted we're accepted some of you maybe waited your whole life to be accepted some of you and again we talked about a little bit about this last week but you dressed a certain way so that you could be accepted you acted a certain way so that you could be accepted Again, most of the stuff you wore in the '80s, when I when I was you know when I was in high school, I wore it because I wanted to be accepted. It definitely wasn't because I looked good in it. Nobody looks good in parachute pants, especially not me. I am just saying. But listen to what how Jesus accepts us. I like Romans. Man, there's so, there's no greater book in the Bible than Romans, and it's so great because it's just so deep. You know, I can read that thing every day and be going what. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just deep, so, and that just means sometimes I don't understand it, but I understand this verse. Romans chapter 15, verse 7 says this, accept each other. Why should we accept each other? Just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. Let me tell you what this does not say. This does not say. This does not say that God will accept you if you do something right, or if you do the right thing, or if you keep the Ten Commandments. Christianity isn't about keeping a list of rules. Again, some of you, if you've grown up in church, that's kind of like a brand new thing. Because you think Christianity is a don't, 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 do, 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 don't, do, don't, do, don't, do. And you think it's a, it's a, it's a list that you've got to keep. But it isn't and I got to be honest with you with my experience of growing up in church With christianity, I had more of a relationship with list than I did with a living god And when I don't feel like i'm accepted by him Listen to this next part when I don't feel like i'm accepted by him When I always feel like I have to do the right thing. I start living my life by list Okay, I got to do this to to make god happy and some of you hear me on this one. This is really big I, I love this verse if you feel like you're not accepted by God, you got to do the list of things to make yourself acceptable by God. Guess how you're going to start treating other people? You're going to make other people live by list as well. That's really big. It's the reason why I think a lot of religious people, they're some of the most saddest, kind of they have the big frowns because they have the list. And how they relate to their heavenly Father is through a list. And they have everybody else has to keep a list. And it's amazing, the list keep on getting longer and longer and longer. Isn't that sad? You know, let me tell you the list that God wants us to keep. And here it is. Love God and love people. That's what Jesus said. He he was able to boil down the 610 commandments into two. Love God and love other people. In fact, that's why I like this verse. It really talks about that. We are to accept, love other people just the way God accepts and loves us. We are to reflect to other people how God has reflected his acceptance and his love on us. Anytime and every time we live our life by list and not by acceptance, what happens is we will treat other people the way way that we believe God treats us. If God is constantly holding up a list to us, we believe, we're going to be constantly holding up lists to other people. But that's not how God treats us. He accepts us through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus. We, we can't earn God's acceptance. You and I can't be good enough to be accepted by God. We just have to accept God. We trust in Jesus, and he fully accepts us. This is Romans chapter 5, verse 1. By faith, we have been made... Acceptable, everybody say acceptable, acceptable to God by faith. We have been made acceptable to God, we have peace with God because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done. And I love that. That right there is good news. That it's through faith. In fact, it says in Romans, uh, excuse me, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that it's impossible without faith, it's impossible to please God. By faith, we have been made acceptable to God. And how did that happen? We have peace with God because of what Jesus did. Now, what did Jesus do? We'll get ready to celebrate in a couple of weeks Him dying on the cross. Him dying on the cross. So, I'm going to challenge you as we close a couple of things. If you're a Christ follower in here today, with Easter coming, I'm really going to encourage you guys to invite to invite people. In fact, we have printed out these little inked cards, and they're on one of the tables out there. We put them in like groups of 20. Grab some of those and hand them out to your friends. It's a great discussion starter. And invite them to come on the Easter. But I don't even want to go beyond that, beyond just inviting people. Let me just end by challenging you with this. So many of us, we live our lives trying to find God's acceptance. We have to you know, do the good stuff, and and we feel like we have to earn it. And if we could really allow this truth to permeate, go back to that last verse if you wouldn't mind, if we are truly acceptable by God through Jesus Christ, then what are some of the things that you would change if you knew you were accepted by God? What are some of the things that you would start doing if you knew that you could never, ever, 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 ever lose God's acceptance, what would you do? How would you act? What type of things would you start doing or maybe even stop doing? Because you need to hear me on this one. God accepts you just the way you are, not because you're awesome, but because Jesus Christ is awesome. And if you're here today, and if you have trusted in Jesus, you don't have to feel like you have to, to, to step out on the good foot to keep it. Because that's one of the things we're talking about next week in Ephesians chapter 1. That he permanently, just as tattoo is permanent, he permanently accepts us. I love that. It's going to be fun. All right? So I just want to just challenge you if you're a Christ follower, know this. That your Heavenly Father loves and accepts you through Jesus Christ. And if you're here and if you don't have a relationship with your Heavenly Father, if you still are just struggling, and again, I understand that. One of the things we talk about a lot here at One Church is it's okay to have questions. It's okay to have doubt. God's not afraid of your questions, you're a doubt. But I do want to just remind you that you're not going to have all of your questions answered, and eventually you're just going to have to say, you know what? I trust And I, by faith, by faith, I'm coming to you, Jesus Christ. And if you want to do that today, you can totally do that. We want to give you an opportunity to do that. I love the permanence of it. It's this last verse. This last verse in Isaiah. We looked at it last week. We ended it. We're going to end it today. Behold, I have indelibly imprinted, tattooed a picture of you on the palm of each of my hands. That's what God says. You want to know how much you're accepted by your heavenly father? The only thing you have to do is to look at the permanence of ink on his hands because he has a picture of you. Anybody ever seen a picture of a a tattoo of like somebody's face and you're like... Anybody? I've seen those. You're like, oh God, oh Jesus, wow, that's something, right? Okay. Let me tell you, it's not that it's not that way with God. It's not that way with God. He doesn't have this marred, weird-looking face. He has not who even you are, but who He has created you to be. In fact, there's there's so much I could just go on and on, but I I need to stop. But there's this verse in Ephesians that he it's it's Ephesians chapter two, verse ten. Let's turn there as we close. I love this verse. Um, Ephesians chapter two, verse ten says this. Oh, what a great verse. Um, for we are God's masterpiece. Can everybody say masterpiece? That's who you are. We are God's masterpiece. Let me tell you what the Greek word for masterpiece is. It's so called. I'm going to teach you Greek this morning. It's the word poiema. Can you say that? Poiema. And it's where we get our word. What does it sound like? Poem. It says, we are God's masterpiece. We are God's poetry. That's who you are. We are God's masterpiece. I'm going to keep on reading. Uh, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. There's the word new again, so that we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. You see, when we look at like people's faces that are tattered on some people, it's like, yeah, that's not that great, but let me tell you, God has you, and He's accepts you just the way you are, but he's created you in the future for all that he is calling you to become. That's good. That's new. That's accepted. And let me tell you, when you say yes to God, you will not become a version 2.0 of your old self. You will become radically new and accepted by God. How many of y'all agree with that? That is awesome. That is awesome. Awesome. Let's pray and we'll be done. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, for your love. We thank you so much, Lord, for your grace. We thank you so much, Lord, that you accept us. Lord, we looked at last week that we have been chosen and adopted and we belong to your family. But, Lord, there's some families that people have lived in families all their life and they never feel like they've gotten their mom or dad's acceptance. And that's not how you are, Heavenly Father. You freely accept us, not because of anything that we do, but because of what Jesus Christ has done. And we thank you so much, God, that we can now rest in your acceptance and that we can work in good works that you've called us even before the foundations of the earth, that you can call and motivate and push us out for us to do amazing things. Not because we earn your love, because Jesus Christ is love. And his love died on the cross so that we could be made new. We love you so much, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.